to 2024, what kind of world are we turning into? A year ago, we were talking about labor disputes, the beginning of what people hoped was just an economic downturn, and the shift of the major shipping lines to start moving to East Coast ports with labor issues at Los Angeles and Long Beach. Now the tables have turned, but not just in one direction. Added to this crazy transformation has been the advent, development, and use of technology that is accelerating by the day in its proliferation of the freight industry. From transparency to accountability, procurement to delivery, and cost analysis to human resources, one almost has to ask the question, where are we going, at the same time as asking the question, where are we now? We take that question into the final quarter of 2023 and look how technology can and will impact the freight industry next on Freight Waves Presents. And welcome into Freight Waves Presents. I'm Bill Priestley. And of course, we're talking about technology, its impact, where it's where we are now and where we are going into the future. And to spare no expense on time, get straight to our panel here, all of it in studio. Matt McClellan joining us, VP of Sustainability and Innovation at Covenant Trucking. Also, Ryan Rogers, CEO and founder of TextLocate, and our own Daniel Pickett, Chief Data and Technology Officer here at FreightWaves. Gentlemen, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah thank you. to be here. Appreciate it. So we're going to delve into a lot of different areas in terms of how technology is impacting freight, but just so we can kind of take the icing off the cake, if you will, just so you guys can talk about things that you want to. What is one thing, perhaps, that you are excited about in freight technology that either we have right now or is kind of on the cusp of what's coming in the near future? Matt? You know, one of the things that I know this is going to sound a little rehearsed, right? Because <laughs> it comes up a lot. But um, one of the things I'm responsible for is um, our position on autonomous trucking. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, there are a lot of tools in a tool chest, right? And um, they're very purpose made. And so AV is like a screwdriver. It was made for one thing. It was made to turn a certain type of screw. It wasn't made to do everything that you could potentially fix. It's made for one thing. And so AV is great uh, idea for us because of our position in the expedited market. So I'm really excited about kind of seeing where that's going. Of course, you know, my role is more future facing. So we're talking about something that's like 2026, 2027, it's a little bit further down the road. A lot of technology in that, a lot of software in that, a lot of hardware in that. It's probably the thing that um, I'm most interested in, but, um, but that's just me. I'm a carrier, right? And you're not. What are you? Right. Well, I, obviously, boss. yeah. I used so, to be my boss at um, at um, at another carrier. And, and now I'm just—I don't look as sharp as Matt because I didn't wear the bow tie. But you know, um, but we'll, I'll we'll give you up for that. Yeah, exactly. So I would say to me, it's less. I mean, I could talk a lot about you know what I'm personally excited about is improving, obviously, driver collaboration, what we do every day. But what I guess for me, it's less about something specific and just more about a theme of connectivity. I think that has got to change in the industry, and I'm seeing people that are making you know um, changes with that, where it's more API instead of just EDI, and also API to API connectivity. So I'm just hoping, you know, my goal for 2024 for the industry would be let's all make it easier to work together because there's a lot of companies out there building really good niche products and connecting and making it a super easy way to um, you know connect to others will be extremely important and nice. Daniel? Yeah, yeah both, both really great answers. Um, uh, personally, I think that, uh, you know, the, the active safety or autonomous, whatever you want to call it, is mm-hmm. that's always exciting because if we can reduce uh, accidents, we can save lives, we can make things more efficient, we can reduce costs. 
Um, all of that's really exciting. Um, but but I'm a software guy like Ryan, so I think kind of this period of uh, this period of softness that that we're seeing maybe in um, just in the market, in volumes, in rates, it's forcing a lot of the tech companies, you know, like FreightWaves who makes Sonar and, and like TextLocate here that Ryan represents. To, to get smarter about who, who do we work with, who do we partner with, how do we, in, instead of making people leave their workflow to come use my tool because mm-hmm. my tool's the best, um, you know, we're, we're kind of now forced to let go of that narcissism and go, okay, I've gra- got a great UI and you should see it. And that's how my product works. But I want to, I want to get, see, I, I want us to get into people's workflow, meet them where they are. Um, and, and let's take all this great tech investment that's happened and let's not squander it. Let's let's figure out how to actually put it into practice, and and you're starting to see that happen, um, yeah, all over the industry with with, with a lot of the new tech companies that are yeah. that are in this. Yeah, industry. there's definitely no slowdown of investment in terms of how people are are putting more money into freight tech, no matter if it's hardware, software, sure. or whatever it is at this particular point. There are some buzzwords I get a little frustrated. Yeah, with well, times, you know, um, never what are give us a few regenerative JAI as it relates generative to transportation AI. and logistics. Okay, you know, I, I hear that all the time. I had somebody trying to pitch me on how. It was going to change sustainability, which I think is interesting because it really has okay. nothing to do with carbon reduction. But, but anyway, <laughs> well, one of the interesting arguments, and sometimes some people may say counter arguments to technology, is, is that technology replaces jobs. That's an argument that's come across in a lot of different areas, and and I've heard that the common argument against it, of course, is it doesn't replace jobs, but it replaces tasks instead, and the the human element will still be there at at some particular point. Um, as you look at at where we're headed, in, and I want to show a picture here. We've got um, this is a, this is part of the argument that I want to take. This is a picture taken by our photographer Jim Allen uh, inside a cab of a truck, and not our truck. Yeah, uh, you see you see a number of different modules there that aid or perhaps inhibit a driver in terms of what they're trying to accomplish uh, in their own run, uh, whatever they're doing there as well. We are of a generation. All of us, I think, are of a generation. We we were we came up and we saw. Hey, for instance, if you remember the stereo. There was the DVD player. There was the ca- the tape player. There was the equalizer. CD player. There the equalizer, the receiver, the preamp. the preamp, the tuner, all of that stuff. Even the the the, the turntable, at some point. Yeah. And we were t- this was going to be the ultimate prize, and it's become the television and maybe a speaker system at this particular point. And we've reached convergence. As far as that picture is concerned, this is something that came up at F three. And I was asking people around, what is something that we don't talk about as much of that we need to talk about? And someone said, convergence in terms of what you're seeing there. Do you think we're headed in some ways of, of having problems be solved, not so much by proprietary software, propri- like, can we just have one piece of hardware that is enabling those three different applications or whatever to do the same thing? Are we headed in that direction? Or are we still kind of everybody up for themselves? You know, it's interesting. Um... I know this is going to sound like I'm changing the subject, but when Yellow did its thing and there, we just figured there was going to be a tremendous amount of, of, um, of market change, it, we just absorbed it all, you know, very quickly. You know, there wasn't all of a sudden a lot of scrambling to kind of get things done. And I think to some extent, you know, labor is going to be the same, you know, because that was kind of what your first part of your question is. Right, yeah. AV is going to disrupt, you know, the potential for drivers, you know, some of the what Ryan's doing is going to disrupt people needing to do check calls. You know, I mean, it just goes on and on. You know, when you think about Bill Gates, when he invented Microsoft Excel and Word and Outlook and basically the office suite, but specifically Excel, you know, we thought that accountants across the world were going to go out of business just because, or the accounting staff, because 
of just the way that it was going to simplify jobs. But it didn't. We all got to keep jobs. Everybody got to keep their jobs. They just sort of moved around. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting as I think about some of the things that I'm tracking, specifically autonomous. You know, we're not going to lose drivers over autonomous. You know, um, they're going to be shifting around. They're probably going to have better opportunities available to them. So that's just kind of the first thing I think of when I start to hear about, you know, the displacement of people. Um, I'm even thinking about the iPhone in my pocket, you know, you know, back to your stereo example. Yeah. I'm about to go on the road. I got my books. I got my movies. I've got my <laughs> playlist and I've got my podcast and I've got a camera that's better than most digital SLRs all on one device. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a lot to be excited about. Are you, what are you concerned about convergence or in terms of how technology is sort of, again, repl not replacing jobs, but replacing tasks? Well, I think two things. One, when you mentioned about the units on the device, I, I definitely think that those are going to come together. I think, again, the more we can work, the tech, the screens within the screen. So you show this on the, the screen there. I mean, that's really four devices, two maps. Um, the Omni unit there is probably maps as well. And then they just may have a preference. And then it looks like maybe a XM radio up there in the top left. But yeah. um, I definitely think a lot of that is coming together. But I think... Um, for that particular person, it's probably screen size is important to them, you know, being able to see that easily. But those are coming together, and it goes back to some of the things I was talking about, is how do we make it easier for us to work together? Because sometimes you've seen that where there's a, a device, a mobile device or a mobile chip in there that's tracking or update, and it's across multiple devices. Like, you may have those four devices may have a cellular chip in every one of them, which is also silly, too. Um, hopefully, you start seeing that come together. But I think there's going to be a difference between, when you look at that, a difference between Tracking the truck and tracking the driver. Those are two different um, and they're much, much different um, of the responses from the driver versus the truck. Um, and then going back to the convergence or divergence or AI's impact or whatever, I think it's going to be an impact. There's no doubt. Mm -hmm. But I do think it just makes us, I mean, if you look at Matt's example of Excel, that was a big deal back in the day. Now we use it every day, Google Sheets, whatever it may be. Um, and it has just made us more powerful. It didn't, I don't know, I mean, could it have put some people out of business? I'm sure it has put people out of jobs years and years ago that were the ones that were actually like keying in things on typewriters or doing the formulas or the, my dad, hopefully he's not watching, I'll give him a hard time. <laughs> you know, those paper rolls, like you'd hit on the calculator yeah, yeah, and hit it yeah. and the rolls, that was his old Excel, you know, um, those things have gone away. Back the yeah, seats, and you yeah. go back and you look at it and stuff. Um, so you would look at some of that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think it evolves and we just, as a human race, have to adapt, I believe. Did you? Yeah, I, I think um, largely they've covered it. Um, you know, technology, is, it, it's, it's going to change tasks. It's going to change what jobs look like. Um, you know, we certainly, we, we do a lot of software development here at, uh, at FreightWaves. And we're absolutely using generative AI. And it can, abs it, it can help you, you know, accelerate a task, but... The hardest part, the integration part, the figuring out how are humans going to react to this, what should it do, like, it, it's not ready to do that yet. Um, and, and so with generative AI, it, you know, I, I say that it takes you know, 80% of the characters we're typing, it can automate that, but that's only 20% of the time. You know, it's mm -hmm. that last bit that's the hardest and that still needs a human, uh, hu human brain to look at it. Um, autonomous is uh, it's something that everybody gets scared about, but if you look at, we, we've already got autonomous mm -hmm passenger cars, but not everybody's rolling around without a steering wheel yet, you know, and, and nobody's doing that yet. And so I think what will happen in autonomous will be, it will be a gradual, it won't be a light switch. It'll be a, you know, we, we will slowly increase the amount of active safety. And, you know, in the initial phase, that's going to look like less driver fatigue. So, so in, in the early innings, 
that could give back drivers something they've been demanding since ELDs came out, which is, hey, if I'm less fatigued because I'm not having to just keep my eyes open and stare for 11 hours a day, maybe we can have a little bit of flexibility on these, uh, on these hours of service and a little bit more of, you know, uh, how, how does your body feel if, if, if the, you know, the camera or the radar or the LIDAR is always watching and ready to hit the brake? That, that gives the driver just, it, it, it just wears you out less. I've done it. I've driven to Florida in the minivan with the lane keep assist and the uh, adaptive cruise control and the automatic braking, and you are less fatigued at the end of an eight-hour drive. You, you absolutely are. And so uh, in the early innings, I think it could give back some, some autonomy to drivers. So, um, and, and then convergence, like you said, it's going to converge. Like Matt said about the iPhone, um, h- hardware is really, really expensive. Software is expensive. Hardware is really expensive. Um, and, and so, yeah, you're absolutely going to get convergence there. Uh, and, and, you know, lean times like we see now are a great time for that to happen because that's when partners have to say, Hey, I can sell more units without having to make new hardware if I integrate with you. Um, you know, and so that, that's going to happen more and more. You know that, um, I think one of those cruise accidents that just happened, I think that one actually didn't have a steering wheel or seat in it. And when they hit the wall, they didn't really know how to, how do we, we, you know, and So that was actually... Yeah, yeah. They they just tow it and drag it across the asphalt. You know, one thing I was thinking about, I was looking at the picture, you know, we just, are we allowed to use vendor-specific names on on the show? So (laughs) we just um, started implementing Platform Science, which is an in-cab telematics product. And, you know, their their platform allows multiple providers to ride their their, uh, LTE device or their um, 5G device. So, you know, we've got three or four different pieces of equipment that no longer have to have individual cellular connections. Mm-hmm. They can just all connect to one and then kind of ride that platform back to wherever that data is that it needs to go. So, you know, already the interior of our cab has gotten significantly less complicated, you know, um, you, you, you know, because of the convergence that's taken place with some of these suites that we're starting to see. Plus you have a, you have a much more modern, modern screen in there too. Oh yeah. So that's yeah. made it where I think some of that has to get, if you can buy something at Best Buy that looks better than what you have, that's mm-hmm. also one of the issues. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, oh, well, I'd rather have this because I can, and that's what I do every day. So if it makes that driver's job a little easier in the truck, they're going to buy those things because that's what they're, they're sitting there and they're doing their job every day. No different than us buying a better chair to set well, in if we're at the office. Well, then let's switch to, to software and I'll start at that end of the table here this time so we can get Daniel All in right. here first. So uh, one, one interesting question, as technology obviously improves upon itself uh, and tries to improve upon itself, each iteration hopefully is better than the next and so on. So that, that is the goal. That, 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 that is the goal. <laughs> Not always the way it happens. 100% accuracy, but, but that yeah. is the goal. So <laughs> when you look at, at freight from a, for just from a software perspective, is there any aspect of it that is right now, because there are so many people working on this stuff. Yeah. Are we close at any point to seeing a software that is a, a, a perfect TMS, a perfect billing system, a perfect <laughs> along those lines, or are we ever going to get there? You know, I, yeah, I, I don't think there's a finish line because, yeah. you know, the, the environment's always going to be changing and it's going to change from a regulatory standpoint. It's going to change from a, you know, what, what are the new fraud schemes that are coming up standpoint? Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to change from a, you know, what, what is the cab tech, you know, what, what technology is in the cab? What, uh, you know, what, what is the new mode of operations if we're changing how we, uh, you know, how we bill and whatever. So no, there, there is no finish line. It, it's, it's a death march, but, uh, but, but it's a, um, you know, it, it's one where we see increasingly, more and more capabilities. And I think, you know, if you go back 10 years ago, you had your TMS, you had somewhere else that you did, either did your, your finance or your auditing and payment and your, uh, you know, you had somewhere else that you did your quick pay. 
we are already seeing a lot of that stuff integrate and, and get tighter. Um, we're, we're seeing, you know, TMSs that also have capacity solutions integrated. You used to have a TMS, and then you would go out to your load boards or your, you know, your contract or your, you know, your incoming EDI, and and then you'd try to match those things in and hand key them in. That, now all of that is integrated. So, um, no, it, it, it is going to continue to, to converge more, as, as you said. And, you know, you've got legacy TMSs that are having to get these new capabilities by integrating. You've got some of the newer TMSs that are just building it right in from, from the get-go. But, you know, they're kind of taking different paths to the, to the same end destination. Right. Um, Ryan, do you see anything that's reaching any kind of a sim, uh, finish line, or are we just going to continue with keep fighting this battle? I don't think so. I think a lot of times in our industry, the tech was um, a little bit behind as far as, like, um, what had been worked on or what had been designed. And there's, I feel like there's been money flow into the industry in different ways, but just specific to TMS, I don't think so. I think um, the biggest thing to Daniel's point is that it is going to, co- uh, there's so many changes. It's always going to have the next change, but I think the more we can connect, other people can connect together, just like we talked about in the telematics, make it a little bit easier. But um, I know there's a lot of big TMSs out there that are doing their part to grow and get things better. And we work with a lot of them and I definitely think they're improving, but I think it takes some time. And especially our industry is so fragmented, it's hard to get so many people consistently um, using the product the same that that probably, I don't work at a, a TMS company, but I bet that's a major challenge because everybody wants to look at it a little bit different. And our industry does have so many different um, unusual situations, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matt, a little bit of a different tack on this. Okay. Um, you know, my wife, um, you know, I have talked about this before, I think, but uh, my wife's a physician. Mm-hmm. And um, she shares with me um, the frustrations with electronic medical records. Um, now, what's interesting is the hospital that she's affiliated with here in town, most of the large hospitals, they all use this product called Epic. Epic is this EMR, financial system, billing system, uh, records system. It's talk about convergence. It's everything in one place. And the scary thing about that is, is you know, what if that particular vendor chooses to stop innovating or chooses mm-hmm. to, you know, let their hubris get involved and just not keep moving the needle. You can't really switch off of it. Like you're in it almost forever. And so the idea of putting all your eggs in one particular vendor's back, um, um, all your eggs in one basket can be a little intimidating. So, sure. you know, granted, be- I think there's a lot of advantages to this consolidation to this kind of one kind of, you know, uh, one key to rule them all, you know, Lord of the Rings. But, um, yeah, so that's something that um, I think about as I, as I think about less vendors and not more. Well, we're in great, one great part about this, the, the conversation that we're having, of course, is that we have the technology that we want to have, and then there's the technology that I think a lot of people think we have to have, and that's sustainability. And of course, that gears into what mm-hmm. uh, you're doing there as well and with, with your position. Uh, in terms of sustainability, in terms of electrification, in terms of how we get more carbon neutral, if you will, uh, what do you see along the, select, the technological front that excites you in that particular realm? So, you, you know what is interesting in the six minutes that we have left, and I'll try not to take all of it. <laughs> but there are a lot of really interesting things that are going on. But here's the problem. A lot of the chief sustainability officers for these large shippers, they're saying, in fact, we just got one the other day. We need a 25% reduction off of our 2020 baseline by 2025. So... That's a top-down number across the entire organization of which transportation is just a part of that. If I had a million dollars to spend on carbon mitigation, I'm not sure I'd start with trucking. 
because a million dollars for carbon mitigation and trucking is not going to get you as far as it would if you spent that money on, say, more sustainable procurement, you know, trying to find um, resources that come from more sustainable sources. Mm-hmm. So the amount of money that it takes to run a single electric truck in the charging infrastructure and all the pieces that have to go with it is not insignificant. And you're not even getting the true zero carbon right off the bat anyway, because, you know, the electricity, depending on what part of the country you're in, where the electricity comes from, it's not, you know, unless it's coming from 100% renewable energy, you know, you still got a little bit of a carbon footprint. So there are a lot of things to be excited about. You know, there's, you know, hydrogen and there's a product called Remora that we're looking at, which is direct carbon capture out of the tailpipe. And there's actually a way to monetize that carbon, which if we had more time, would be a lot of fun to share that because it's super <laughs> exciting to see how truck exhaust can be monetized after it gets converted to a liquid. Um, there's a lot going on, but... That would be interesting to hear. <laughs> can I have your four minutes? Yeah, you know, I you guess. Said, no, sure. no, no. Let's move on real yeah. quick, dude. So what, uh, same question to you in terms of sustainability. What excites you as far as that's concerned? Um, I'm excited about a lot of the things Matt talks about. I mean, just making things... Um, I mean, obviously, sustainability is going to take a long time, but I think anything that everything that people can approach and do, um, they should be taking action if they can, and it's affordable and it makes sense. Because there's a lot of things that do make sense. Right. I think that for smaller companies, there are a lot of things that don't. I mean, like, for example, our small company, I mean, what do we do? We don't. We just do things that are more efficient, probably not specific to sustainability or sustainability, but like we use GCP, so we're on a cloud. So hopefully that makes it better. Um, you know, you could argue that back and forth a little bit, but like, Anything that you can, but the bigger companies that have really have machinery rolling down the roads um, and equipment, they're doing a lot. I mean, even Covenant's got solar panels on the roof. I mean, they're doing a lot of things like that that um, can really help drive us forward. Daniel? Yeah, I, I would go back to the, it's, it's terrible that we have, you know, a, a tough time in transportation that we have, whether you call it a freight recession or bloodbath or just soft times, um, but it does force you to get to know your costs really well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, you know, th- there's a lot of, we want to be green and it's just, we're advertising something we were going to do anyway because it saved money. Um, and, and so I think, you know, when, when you have a, a cycle where you look at cost, it, it forces people to really get cost effective about, you know, about everything that they do. And, and that includes, you know, environmentally friendly initiatives. I think that there are, you know, like Matt said, there are some shippers that say, I want lower carbon emissions and I'm willing to pay for it. But most say, I want it, but not if it means that I have to pay higher rates. Bingo. And, and that's, that's yeah. the issue is, is that so, um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of really cost effective examples. A hybrid gets you 80% of the benefit of an electric, uh, you know, vehicle at 20% of the cost. And so now I, I think th- those things are going to get more attention. Things like pedal coaching are going to get more attention. People hate the truck sales and the skirts, but they really do work. Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of uh, power units out on the road that don't have an APU. So when they park overnight and they need heat, they just run the engine. That's, that's incredibly wasteful. And so I want to tap into something you just said there because it's interesting. These hybrid solutions, these things that are, it's what the North American Council of Freight Defense calls the messy middle. Yeah. These hybrid solutions, they're not total zero emission vehicles, but right. they're not diesels either. A lot of our customers are not interested in those. I know. Now, what's I know, interesting I know. is that there are Everybody's things... Everybody's so obsessed with a touchdown that nobody are, wants a field goal. There are things it's that ridiculous. we can do today, including the electric APU, that can have a significant impact, or at least an impact, right? A, a, yeah. a better-than-nothing impact. But people are not interested in that. Using something like renewable diesel, which mm-hmm. will cut your carbon by 60% out of the tailpipe just by using this drop-in fuel on a diesel truck, some of our customers are like, yeah, we need to go further than that. I'm like, well, we can do that tomorrow. 
you know, in your market, yeah, yeah. but they're yeah. not interested. Like, no, we want an electric truck. And it's just, you know, it's bizarre that even when you look at CARB and the initiatives going on out there, there are no hybrid solutions incorporated. It's electric trucks or nothing. Yeah. And well, we've just got to stop letting perfection get in the way of progress. Bingo. That's a bumper sticker. Let's make some. That is a bumper we sticker right there. We'll print those up. All right. So in the 145 that we have left here, one last question for all three of you. And Daniel, let's start with you. Um, in terms of we're shooting this during the holiday season. Uh, sure. So on your Christmas list, what is one thing that you'd like to see come to fruition, perhaps in the not too distant future that you really want to see happen? Oh, that is a great question. Um, I, I would love to see uh, more uh standardization and whether that's data formats or whether that's, we talked about convergence on, on some of the platforms. Um, we're so obsessed with thinking I can win 100% of the market for, you know, if it's freight waves of data and pricing, if it's him, it's where's your truck? And if it's Matt, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm going to have all the freight. And if it's some of these guys have their own hardware on the, on the windshield, I'm going to have it all. You know, if, if we will do more standardization and collaboration the whole pie grows bigger and we don't have to worry about how big is my wedge. So we'd love to see more uh, data format and, and just tech uh, uh, standardization. For me, it's um, really about improving driver's lifestyle. When I originally started TextLocate, one of the things I wanted to do was improve communication to allow drivers not to pass by truck stops and end up with schedules that get changed and they sit in the back 40 without amenities. So, you know, being able to have better collaboration with the drivers, however you want to do that, in order to make it easier for them, because too many times they pass that truck stop that had all the amenities and they sit in the back and don't have that, and also increase in amenities at the facilities for the drivers. Matt, real quick. For me, gosh, I gotta keep it short. We're cutting down too many Christmas trees at Christmas. We're supposed to be saving trees, we're supposed to be planting trees, we're supposed to be, you know, saving trees, and we're cutting trees down at Christmas. And that bothers me. That's unfortunately where it's going to be. Gentlemen, we'll have to leave it there. Thanks so much for joining us for this uh, Vigorous Presents on Technology. You all have happy holidays, and we'll see you in 2024. Thank you. All right.